Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. What can you do during the holidays when you're experiencing a broken home, a broken marriage, maybe a home where the husband and the wife, the mom and the dad are no longer there or together for the kids? There's got to be something that can be done, right? That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Marriage Radio. Today, I have with me Justin Prince, who is our program director of What About Me?, the site that we have for children as a resource, and we're going to be talking more about that throughout the episode. And I'm excited to dive in and and get into the content today. We have a, a lot of great things that we're going to be talking about. But before that, I just want to let everyone know that it's the end of the year, it's December, and I wanted to let everyone know that if you are wanting to come to one of the Marriage Helper 911 workshops then I highly recommend that you register before the end of the year so that you can still get this year's pricing. We're doing a lot of great changes, a lot of great uh, things to just continue to make the workshop better in 2017, and it's going to be the best year yet. We're so excited for that, for the workshop. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, if that's something you're wanting to do, get in touch with us. You can give us a call at 615 472 1161. And one of our staff members, one of our team members would be happy to talk with you, connect with you, see if it's a good fit for you. And if you need help in convincing your spouse to come, we're happy to help you with that as well. But today, we're going to continue talking about what you can do when you have kids, but your marriage is going through a really difficult time. Justin, so glad to have you on the program with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Justin, is this your first time? This is actually, I, I believe, my first time. Okay. No, you've been on before. That's right. I was. <laughs> I was on once more before this. You have. And it's all. It's going to be a joy to have you back. Justin, if you don't mind, can you share a bit about who you are, how you got involved with Marriage Helper, yeah. and maybe a bit of your backstory? Yes, absolutely. So how I got involved with Marriage Helpers, it's a little bit of a short story, but more than anything, it's a very deep and personal story. For me, when I met with Kimberly and Joe, they were sharing what they were doing and how they were working with marriages, and to me, that was that was amazing. And that's something that I wish more families and more marriages had the benefit of just taking part in. And, and for me, when they came to me and they said, hey, Justin, we, we want to work we want to work with children, because as hard as we work for marriages and as much success as we have... It doesn't always work. There are always children who are impacted by, by marriages that are just in, in rough times or, or marriages that just don't work. Mm-hmm. And so they came to me and they said, hey, we need to start helping these children. And for me, this, this was something more than just, just a job or something to do. This had a deep personal connection for me. As a child of divorce myself and having gone through that alongside my siblings, and we, we went through that struggle and we could feel that pain. I remember so much pain between just just my parents and then understanding how that impacted you know me and my the, my brothers and sisters for the rest of our lives and then now as an adult I ha- I have a stepdaughter myself mm-hmm. and she's having to experience this so 
it, it's more than just something that I do as a job. It's it's a personal call. And so when mm-hmm. I was when I was invited to join the team, I just I jumped in. I was like, all right, let's do this. This is something that that's desperately needed because it's so overlooked. People don't stop and they say, hey, that impacted me the rest of my life when my parents split up. Now how I look at relationships, how I approach my children, everything is impacted by that. And it's at such an impactful age when you're growing up and, and you're formidable and you're growing and you're like, okay, so this is how, this is how, you know, husbands and wives treat each other. Hmm. So yes, more, more than anything, that's, that's why this is something that's so impactful for me and it's so meaningful because it, it is something that will have an impact for forever mm-hmm. for your children and their children and their children, how they treat them, how they treat each other because it's generational. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely generational. But I don't want to spend too much time talking about myself and, and, and sort of what I've been through, but I, I do think it's, it's something that's not as important as we, as we make it, as mm-hmm. important as it should be. Anyhow, sorry, Kimberly, Absolutely. just divulging a little bit. Justin, I really appreciate you being able to share your story. And our audience, I believe, over this podcast and many of the podcasts that you'll be on in the future, they're really going to connect with you. And you bring a very specific voice to Marriage Helper that represents not only what you've been through, but also what our new program, What About Me, brings to Marriage Helper as well. So... Again, thank you for being on. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being open and transparent. I would like to to dive into the topic we're going to be talking about specifically today, which is the holidays and the broken home. So for those people out there who are married and have kids, or maybe they're going through a divorce or are divorced and have children, there's some really specific obstacles that those families have to overcome. Yes, absolutely. I would say the, the big thing about the holidays, and more so than anything, as having experienced this personally as well as studying this, is the holidays is like a container and it condenses everyone together where you're focused on the family. So what you'll notice really quickly are evident issues that come up, conflicts. What are some of the things that this family has been struggling with throughout the year? Because now here we are, we have a few days together where there's no work, there's not as many distractions, hopefully, and you're just around each other. So, mm-hmm. of course, understanding how family roles play in with your family, the dynamics just become absolutely evident as soon as you're around each other for the holidays. So what you'll notice, and this is something that is beyond just even just you know a nuclear family, but if you look into extended families and broader families, those family roles come immediately right back into play. If, let's say, you're with your siblings, and of course you're all grown, you have families, but as soon as you're around your siblings, you used to be the troublemaker. All of a sudden now, your your brother who may be in his 40s or 50s starts treating you like the troublemaker. So of mm. course you're sitting here going, wait a minute, I haven't been a troublemaker for a good 20, 30 years, but no, no, mm-hmm. no. As oh, soon as you're sense. around your family, they immediately put you back into those family roles. So that is why when you're dealing with the holidays, everything becomes significant. And it becomes significant mm. because you're back in the family roles, the conflict, the things that have been happening immediately come to the forefront of what's going on. That's interesting. Okay, so I I I get this. In my family, I was the baby and I will admit that when I was growing up, like middle school, elementary school, maybe even some in high school, I was the one who wouldn't do chores, who wouldn't <laughs> help out around the house, who wouldn't do this that or the other, and I was kind of a brat. So, 
I still see that even though I'm older now, I'm more mature, I'm not like that anymore. People still assume that about me, especially, you know, extended family when they come around during the holidays. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so what are there? Is there a a predetermined set of these roles that people fall into or is it just there could be thousands? Well, there could be generally there could be thousands, but specifically when you're looking at how how this is impacting the nuclear family, generally mm-hmm. it comes down into almost a spectrum, okay. a spectrum of what is happening within the family in regards to the conflict. So there okay. can be any number of conflicts that are going on with the family, but when it comes to time for that holiday season, all of a sudden there is this almost spectrum where you're deciding between how important is this issue that we're either going through or how important is the relationship that we have. And not necessarily just the relationship we have with each other, but the relationship of what's happening as a family as a whole. So what you have to do is you're looking at it, and we could take the example for Kimberly here where it's, okay, you were in the role of being the baby in the family. Mm -hmm. That could be an issue for you. Let's say you're upset by people treating you like the baby in the family. Okay, so you need to determine with, with what's going on with your family, is this something that I need to address? Is this something that I need to be able to say, hey, we're going to address this issue of you guys treating me as a baby in the family, or is the relationship, you know, something that I would rather sacrifice addressing this issue, and I'll just kind of be compliant and accommodate with how you guys are treating me just because this relationship is important. So hmm. it, it's it's very interesting as well when all of a sudden you take that same paradigm and you look at the nuclear family or if you look at a marriage in conflict, because now do you address the conflict during the holidays or do you just accommodate what's going on during the holidays for the sake of the kids, just let's let's keep it all together for a couple days hmm. and not really address the conflict and not deal with what's going on. So this is really multifaceted. Absolutely. There's a lot of layers. And and for the sake of the the podcast and the people who are listening to it, it's probably gonna be I don't know, this might I actually could be wrong in this, but I'm assuming that the parents, so I grow up, I become a parent and I have you know, children, um, do I still hold that role in my new family as baby or does it go on to, uh, to me holding a different role? What are the ways that the parent, the children see their parents? Absolutely. So the roles and systems that we're dealing with now is, is so multi-layered and there's Mm -hmm. so many systems that go into it. So without diving too deep, yes, you can hold the same role of what you hold with your larger family in your nuclear family, but you could also have a different set of roles. You mm. could be identified not as the troublemaker, but as the person who's always bringing conflict. So mm. we know when, you know, dad is here, mom is here for the holidays, it's, it's just going to be, you know, there's going to be so much tension mm. because we know as soon as dad is here and mom and dad are in the same room, Dad's going to have an expectation for how Christmas should be done, mm-hmm. and Mom is not going to meet it, or Mom is going to be walking on eggshells. And then mm-hmm. now us as, as the kids in this environment are sitting here going, oh, my gosh, this is so stressful. Why do I have to be here in this conflict? What is going on? It's just I would just rather go and hang out with my friends during the holidays or go yeah. to the movies because I want to avoid. And that is the child in the same situation saying, here's the issue with my parents. It's such a big issue that instead of diving in and saying, you know, I'm 13, my parents' relationship is important to me, they may not be thinking like that. Instead, right. they're going, this is conflict. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on my phone the whole time. I'm going to mm-hmm. be at the movies with my friends. I'm going to be avoiding 
what's going on with my family. Mm -hmm. So you got to understand, if you look at what's happening in this family dynamic, you can look at it from a perspective of yourself, but you also have to understand there is multiple people looking at the same different paradigm from their perspective. Mm. It could be different for each person. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a mom, the way that I view myself in the family could be very different than the way that my my spouse views me, the way that my children view me, they could all see me as having a different role based on their perspective of how the family works together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. And it's that perspective is one of the most vital things to stop and say, hey, there is conflict or there is an issue mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. I need to understand how my children, how my spouse, how other people are viewing this conflict and how they might react. Because hmm. then you can grow outside of just your own paradigm and your own perspective. Then you can begin to see it from your child who's sitting here going, you know, we're here for the holidays. Everyone's off their phone. People are off of work. And my child is just completely disconnected and disengaged because they're just avoiding it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to deal with what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so it's so beneficial for for you as the as the understanding adult to stop and say, hey, let me be cognizant of what's going on in this conflict. Let me be understanding of how my children are going to view myself, my spouse. Let me also take the next step and say, what can we do to begin to address this conflict and to begin to bring it into light of ways that are beneficial for not just me, my spouse, but also my children? Because the worst thing to do with holidays is go into it acting like there is no conflict mm. and just approaching it as if things are totally fine. We'll just put on a mask. We'll just put on a face. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. If you've been in holidays with your family, the first thing they're going to do is call you right back into that role and they're going to bring it right back to the forefront. So you need to understand what is going on before you enter the holidays because, you know, Lord forbid you go into it and you act like things are going to be fine. And next thing you know, the conflict has come to the forefront. Now, instead of trying to be preventative or talk through the issue or understand the issue, now you're going to immediately retreat to the avoidant factor and trying to avoid the issue. Right. And I'm sure there's also the, a situation where some children may address the issue. So they may not be the the kind to avoid. They may speak up, but depending on the way their parents react to that child speaking up. For example, if if there are two parents and they just keep fighting all the time during the holidays and one kid says, I don't even want to be here anymore. All y'all do is fight. Can't you just get along? If a parent responds and says, this isn't your place. You don't need to talk about that. You know, you're the child. Just let us deal with our own problems. Then you have effectively shut your child up and also shut them down from ever bringing forth their issues and what they feel about it towards you. On the other hand, you know, there's probably different ways that it, that you could respond to that, but the way that you in avoidance or in approaching the way that you respond to your child is going to in in psychology, it would be, you know, uh, um, what is it called when you reward what you want in a kid? But <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. It's like positive reinforcement. Free, yes, positive reinforcement. Yeah. So whatever you teach your kid to do or not to do is what they're going to keep doing or not doing. So, gosh, there there's a lot of layers to this. So how would you say a parent should try and figure out what the child is thinking from the child? Do they yeah. ask? Yeah, I would say there's, there's three really big things that you've got to understand as a parent listening. One okay. – it's there. It's the holidays. There is going to be 
inherent stress. Mm -hmm. So I would say, one, before you enter that, the 24th, before you wait till the morning of the 25th, I would be cognizant enough, depending on the level of the conflict, obviously, Mm -hmm. to be able to address it. Or if not, set a, a... positive communication, open those lines of communication before you just bottle it up and then all of a sudden you open the bottle and it's the 25th and things are liable to explode. Mm -hmm. You begin to essentially ease the tension of what's going on to be able to open those lines of communication. And and that could be something you do with the spouse. That could be something you do with the children. That could be something you do in different factors as opposed to letting it bottle up. So I would say one, the first step is to think through the holidays. What's, sorry, go ahead. Well, finish the question, and yeah. then I have a question for you. I would say think through the holidays of what's what's likely to happen. What is something that could happen? Yeah. And then see it from the perspective of the other participants. Okay. So you said open the first. So the first thing, number one, open up the lines of communication, set some kind of foundation going forward. But how does a parent do that? What do they say? What is a question they ask? How does that tact tactically look? Yeah, absolutely. So the beginning tactic is don't set a predetermined understanding of what the holidays are going to be because mm-hmm. that's from your perspective. You think, oh, well, you know, my husband's going to come in and he's always grumpy and mm. he's going to be like this mm-hmm. and the kids are going to just be fed up with him because I'm fed up with him. You know, that's your predetermined understanding for what holidays are going to happen. Mm-hmm. I would say bring it open perspective. Again, your child is going to see things different than you. Mm-hmm. So bring that open and allow that openness to happen because your child may come in and say, hey, you know, I was, I'm excited about this holiday Christmas because it's going to be different. You know, this time, you know, dad was saying he's going to be upbeat and you may not know that. You may not know that he's also thinking through, I'm always grumpy. Man, I'm not going to want to be grumpy this year because it always makes my wife uncomfortable. You know, people see things different than you. And so that is why you should open up lines of communication just by, you know, being open. Uh, A positive way to do this is saying, hey, uh, how are the holidays going to go this year? You know, what what are you thinking about doing? You know, ask some, just something to begin that dialogue in an open way. And your your child may participate. They may jump in. Your, Your spouse may participate. And jump in and say, hey, it's going to be great. You know, or they could be avoidant here, already thinking the conflict is going to be, and they just could be quiet. And that's okay. But if you begin to allow that open space, then the child can jump in and say, hey, you know, it's it's going to go good. You know, or or they could say, hey, it's going to go bad. Dad's going to come in grumpy. And then you can essentially build, not necessarily allies, but build people who are surrounding around that same idea of saying, hey, we're going to work through this. Mm. And then your child can join with you and say, hey, what can we do? Well, you know, I know dad really loves this kind of coffee, or I know this is something we could do beforehand. And it essentially, you're, you're letting all the pressure out of that bottle before it gets to, you know, here it is Christmas morning. That's really good. So you're basically changing the attitude about the environment. Exactly. You're not holding people to predetermined roles. So just because someone's been like that in the past, doesn't mean they're going to be like that in the future. And this may be speaking to a point that you're going to make in point two or three, but Even if, so what if dad does come and he is still grumpy, fighting that, continuing to fight against that throughout the three or four days you're together, that's probably the harder part. That's the hard part, but here we go. Mm -hmm. Think through step two here. Okay. So one, you've opened the lines of communications. You're not going in it predetermined, Mm -hmm. but go into it smart. Go into it with the understanding that you're introspective about yourself, how you react in those situations. So back to our scenario, dad is grumpy when he comes in. Don't stop there and just saying, man, I'm just, I'm just so tired of him being grumpy. Won't he just grow up? Stop and think, how do you react when dad is grumpy when he comes in the room? What do you do? And if you stop and you think about it, you're like, well, 
I immediately call it out. And then I say, why are you grumpy? You're ruining Christmas. So you compete, essentially. You're going to call it out. We're going to deal with this issue right now. And, and you think through, what it, what happens then? Generally, you know, he might get more upset or he's like, you know what? This is great. I'm just going to leave because then he steps into avoidance. So I want you to be, you know, introspective about how you react with how the other person reacts because now you're taking the next step. One, you've opened lines of that communication to hopefully release some of the tension and begin to build those open lines of communication. But two, take the next step. Mm. Go a little bit farther with yourself. How do you react in that conflict? What Mm. do you do? Do you avoid? Do you walk away? And what is the next step for you to take that's different than how it's previously been? Because if the conflict has been reoccurring, these are likely, again, we're going back into family roles here where you generally react in a certain way. So it's, it's, and it's difficult to change because these family roles and systems, they've been built up over time, sometimes tens years, 20 years. I mean, they can be built up for a long time. Mm. So this is something that is, is a tool that not only can be used in the holidays, but it can be used the rest of your life because you're stopping and you're being introspective about yourself saying, hey, oh my goodness, all right, I generally react by avoiding. I just walk away or I just leave or, you know, I engage the conflict yeah. and I, you know, and it escalates. And now all of a sudden, you know, the pressure is built up and it's just exploded. And then I look around, and, you know, the kids have walked off and no one wants to deal with it. And I get that feeling again that I've ruined it or that he's ruined it because he's escalated. Mm-hmm. So again, point two, be introspective. Take the next step for yourself. How do you react generally when things, when things build in conflict? This is really good. This is, I don't even have kids (laughs) and I'm sitting here thinking this is applicable to even my family. There's things we all expect of each other and there's things we all want. So this is great. What is step three? Okay. So here's step three. And this is the big trick with the holidays. People put so much pressure on the holidays. Everything's got to be perfect for Christmas Eve, for Christmas. Mm -hmm. But you stop and you miss the bigger picture. The bigger picture is bigger than the 24th and the 25th. It's bigger than just that condensed moment when you're with your family. It's bigger than that. So don't just leave it into this, okay, it's got to be perfect, this this moment of the 24th, 25th. What's wrong with the 26th? What's wrong with mm. the 27th, 20th? What's wrong with New Year's? Because when you put this much pressure on yourself and you put this much pressure on the family that things have to be perfect, no family's perfect. No one is going to go through the holidays and things are just going to go without a bump. Understand, you know, something's going to get burned in the oven. You know, a, a child's going to be upset that he has to hang out with his, you know, his family. Someone's going to want to be on the phone because those family dynamics and the roles are the same, regardless if it's the 24th, the 25th, or the 26th. Right. So take a bigger perspective as well as stopping and saying, hey, how do, how do I want my family to communicate? How do I want my family to engage each other, regardless of conflict, beyond just the holidays because then when you do that you're setting a longer perspective by saying all right the relationship and what's going on with my family is the most important thing not the issue which is the holidays because we're letting this issue as the holidays become more important than the relationship in our family Mm. and that right there is why the holidays can be so difficult because we've got this idea of what the holidays should be and it's a perfect you know family sitting around and we're all engaging and everyone's smiling and laughing, you know, it it may not be that. It may be, hey, the food is burned. I could have gotten really upset. I could have blown it up as a big issue, but, you know, it's all right. We're going to take a bigger picture here and we're going to just get pizza. And (laughs) we're going to engage in this communication because the most important thing here is not the holidays. It's not having that perfect Christmas tree where everyone's dressed perfect. It's your family. 
Mm-hmm. And it's the same dynamic we've been talking about. Is it the issue or is it the relationship? Which is the most important thing I should focus on? And I'm sorry, you know, it's not the holiday. I'm going to cut to it. And, you know, my wife would kill me because she loves Christmas. It's got to be perfect. We've got to have the tree. Everyone's got to be dressed perfectly because we have to take a photo. It, it doesn't always happen because the most important thing right there is for you to take the bigger picture and say, what's going to happen on the 26th? Mm. Is there ever a point that the issue is more important than the relationship? Uh, you know, I would say yes. I, there's always instances where the issue needs to be addressed. Like let's say something something is such a big issue that it has to be addressed and you know that there's going to be something that is more important, we'll say, being the issue. Don't wait. I would say engage that. And that's, again, going back into point one where you open those lines of communication. Because it, when, again, you're, you're looking at conflict, there's ways that you react. You can be avoidant. You can compete. You can engage the conflict. Uh, you can accommodate. There's so many different ways that you can react. But one of the best things to do is not wait for the conflict. Let's say there's a really big issue going on with um, the husband and the wife, and mm-hmm. they know there's a big issue, mm-hmm. and they've been avoiding it, but they know the holidays are coming up, and they're going to have to be forced to deal with it. Why wait till the 24th and the 25th? No, I'm not saying engage in, a, you know, in an argument on the 22nd. But I'm saying begin to open those lines of communication. Again, looking at step two, be introspective. Think, how do I normally react in this issue? And begin that beforehand to say, hey, you know, it's the 22nd. Drop a note saying, hey, let's go to coffee. Let's let's take a minute to just discuss, you know, what's going on, what's going to happen on the holidays. How are we going to essentially engage? How are we going to communicate? Mm-hmm. How are we going to deal with the conflict that we know is evident before the holidays. Yeah. Because if you wait, again, you're, you're just, you're allowing the situation to build up and you want to create a, a, a safe environment as possible, especially when you're going into this time that, you know, is supposed to be about family. It's supposed to be about spending time together and communicating. Um, and, and I wouldn't say put it off because when you put it off, it's only going to build up. It's only going to get worse. So for the parents out there who they're, there's an issue in the marriage Maybe there's divorce on the table or a divorce is coming or they are divorced. So they're doing more co-parenting at this point right now. Mm-hmm. You, What would you say that they should do starting now, you know, mid-December before the holidays get here? How should it look for them? And, and what would that ideal communication cycle look like between them and the other co-parent? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, again, the three three points we brought up are applicable here as well. Mm. So one, begin by opening those lines of communication. So when you're in a co-parenting relationship, and um, we experience this all the time with, with my stepdaughter, is, okay, what are we going to do coming up with the holidays? And we start in November. It's like, hey, what do you want to do during these holidays? And we open it, leave it open-ended and without going into the situation saying, okay, well, this person's going to automatically demand to have, you know, Um, our daughter, you know, on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, but open it early because when you allow time, you allow emotions to be able to process before you just react. And when you're on the 24th, you have no time to process Mm -hmm. the emotions. That's a good point. So uh, open the relationship as soon as possible by saying, hey, you know, it's December, you know, we're we're getting closer to Christmas. Shoot that text, shoot that email, shoot that way that can allow that person to be able to process what's going on Mm -hmm. um, and what they can do. And then two, I would say, Again, think through yourself. How do you normally react when someone says, well, I want the 25th and you can have, you know, the 24th. And generally there's, you know, parenting plans, but be flexible. 
in a way to understand that, you know, this is, you know, their child as well. And this is also my child, but it's important for the child in this situation to have that relationship with both parents. It's vitally important for them to understand that their parents can communicate. And one of the best tools you can give yourself in communication is time to process because one, you may process information in one way, but your, your spouse or your ex may process it in a completely different way. And you have to allow them that time to understand and process what's going on. Because at the end of the day, you want your child to be a whole developed child. You don't want them to be able to see this conflict and this fight because more than anything, that just impacts the child. The mm. relationship that you're in, regardless if it's been broken or not, at the end of the day, you are always connected because of the child. And that child deserves their parents to have this open line of communication. Right. So what about a a co-parent who one of them is doing all of these things right? They're trying to be patient and calm and giving that time to process, thinking about the child first, but the other parent is just nasty. Yeah. Um, you, you can't always have every perfect situation. Right. Uh, life isn't always perfect. Uh, there's always shades of gray. Um, and, and that's, that's unfortunately unavoidable. Mm. So uh, again, approach it in an optimistic way, but there, there's going to be times when it doesn't work out with the other person is just not nice. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I would say, set those boundaries and set that understanding for you. You know, what is acceptable? What are things you're willing to give before you go into this conversation? Because at the end of the day, it's about the child. So if we set a healthy boundary saying, hey, here's what I can do. Here's what I can do, starting with yourself in, in you know, whatever we're discussing, whether it's sharing for the holidays, um, would you be willing to do this or what would you be willing to do? And even if they come back and they're completely nasty, don't engage with emotion because what the other person, they may be engaging with emotion, but don't don't come back with emotion because then what's going to happen is you're going to have this emotional exchange. And again, the child's going to be brought in. And then what's likely to happen after you have this emotional engagement is you're likely to avoid. And then both of them are avoiding now. And so now we've built up the pressure even more before we go into the holidays. And uh, it's likely to not be pretty. So I would say one, don't return someone who's emotionally engaged with emotion, I would simply respond very, you know, state forward by saying, okay, well, this is what I will be doing. I wish you the best and leave it in an optimistic time frame to always give that person the opportunity to return. Because when you close the door and you say, okay, you're, you're just being mean, you're just being nasty, and you leave them in that space, then you never allow them that opportunity to come back by, you know, being nice or mm-hmm. being cordial. So I wouldn't say leave yourself vulnerable by just being like, okay, well, you can have the whole holidays and, you know, that's okay. Uh, no, set, set, you know, safe boundaries. Maybe you're following a parenting plan or maybe you're following something that says you'll exchange on the, the morning of the 26th. Sure. But also always leave that opportunity for that person to come back and say, okay, well, why, why don't you keep until, you know, the evening of the 25th. I know your family's coming in the morning of the 26th. Yeah. Allow that person that opportunity to come back and meet you in that cordial place for the child. Hmm. And then the way that a parent who, who has the children, how do they respond to their children during that time when there's one parent who's chosen to not be involved during the holidays? Yeah. Um, so I've also personally experienced this as well, just because the conflict is so large that you only have one parent really there for the holidays and mm-hmm. the children are left in this, this place of just questioning. And they're like, you know, where's dad or where's mom? You know, what, why aren't they here? You know, because for the children, they also understand the holidays are a big deal. You know, children are smart yeah, and they're very, very smart and they're very perceptive of what's going on. So I wouldn't say one, 
you know, don't disregard what's going on. Don't avoid it by saying, oh, well, they're gone again, you know, or just don't say anything about it. So I would say one, there's, it, there's a really, it's a careful line because you want your child's relationship with their parent, regardless if they're there or not, regardless of what they're going through. You want the child to always be able to build that relationship with that parent who's not there. And you have to take, uh, you know, almost like the bigger step by saying, hey, I could engage my own emotional hurt by that person not being here. I could engage the conflict by, you know, making the children mad at that spouse for not being here when they should have been. And we've, we've, you know, sent notes and we, you know, send emails and phone calls or, you know, whatever you've done. But I always want my child to be able to rebuild that relationship. So what I'm going to say is, hey, you know, I, it's unfortunate, you know, mom, dad's not here. Um, and that's a bummer. I wish they'd have been here. But the holidays are going to be fun. Mm. We're going to do something that's fun. And let's do it. Let's let's decorate the tree. Let's let's build a new tradition. Let's do something that we can engage. Because what you're doing there is you're you're essentially you're bearing the hurt of what's happening for your children. And you're also allowing your child to be able to always stop and say, well, you know, let me reach out to dad. And, you know, dad may not be there and that may not happen. But if you essentially gather your children to turn against the spouse that's not there. Now your child is, is got to overcome two things. One, the fact that the hurt of the parent isn't there, but also two, now they've also almost built in light that this person is the enemy because they've turned on not only my, my mom or my dad, but they've also turned on us. And what you, what you, what you're doing is you're impacting that child's relationship with that parent who's not there much further than the 24th and the 25th. And now it goes into the 26th, 27th that the child is stopping and saying, why would they do that? They're against us. And it, it's it's creating fighting lines that, that, that don't need to be there. The yeah. child's already going through the fact that the parent's not there. Mm-hmm. It, it does no good to make it much, much bigger than, than that. And yes, I know it, it hurts when that person's not there. And it hurt me as well when, you know, that parent wasn't there. But what what happens beyond that in the bigger picture and how that child looks at that relationship with the parent who wasn't there is the bigger issue here. Hmm. Yeah, that when you're 13, that Christmas seems huge because you really want, you know, that iPod. But it's bigger than that. It's hmm. at the point when that child is 22 or 23 and they're reconnecting with that parent. And, you know, they still got that that hurt of, of that missing that parent who was there. But they don't have to carry that, that almost that aggression that their other spouse carried because that aggression or the, you know, hurt that the other spouse carried is something that can be passed along to the child. So now mom, you know, let's say was hurt that the spouse wasn't there and they're just making it a big deal. And they're just like, he should be here and he should be doing this and he should be putting the lights on the tree and he should be putting the start. Now the child is like mad for the mom and Mm. they're sitting here going, well, now I'm mad with mom at you, not only because you weren't here because of me, but also you made mom upset. Now when they're 22 and 23, they're going to be carrying much more than just their own hurt. They're going to be carrying the hurt of their parent as well. So again, that's why you've always got to be looking at that bigger picture. What is the bigger picture? The holidays, yes. It's that condensed time when we're all forced to deal with our issues, but the holidays will pass. Yeah. What happens during that holiday time will be carried on. Yeah. And that's an important thing to think about, especially when you're looking at this this. 24th or this 25th of this holidays is that relationship it's the understanding of how the other person is understanding what they're what they're taking away from the holidays and it's more than just an ipod it's more than just you know that new pair of shoes or you know the dress or whatever it is 
it's what's happening in the family. Those family roles and dynamics, you're defining beyond just how you are defined, but you're defining what is happening with your child for much longer than just this Christmas. That's so good. And and Justin, this even applies, we've we've spent a lot of time talking about how it applies with the the parent to the parent, but even if it's where the conflict is with the child, maybe the bigger conflict between the parent and the child and there's resentment and there's anger and there's a lot of things happening there. But these things that, that you've been talking about can even be applied in that situation. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, as well, something I've personally experienced as well as something I've been studying is when you are that parent and let's say you're the parent that that child might hold resentment for, you weren't there for that Christmas or there was something that you did, or maybe it's just the perspective of the child because sometimes children perceive things incorrectly Mm -hmm. um, and that does happen, but you have to give the child the ability to share their perspective and be able to open that line of communication because the child may perceive that you're the bad guy, you know, and that could be completely wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's okay. It's not about setting the child right to your perspective. It's about the child developing who they are in that relationship. And sometimes you have to open that line of communication. You're going to hear something you don't want, but you have to, again, think through, how do I deal with this conflict? Do I immediately assert myself and saying, you are wrong in this issue. You're completely wrong. It's like this. You know, your mom's the bad guy. Your dad's the bad guy. Because then stop and think about it. You're addressing the issue because maybe you need to be right as opposed to looking at the relationship of what the child is dealing with, however they perceived it, whether it's completely wrong, whether it's on, whether it's partial truth, you have to stop and look at the relationship you have with that child because this is a developing mind. This is someone who's maybe, you know, not fully developed and that frontal lobe still got a little bit of time <laughs> to process, but it's, it's that line of communication. It's the development of the relationship. It's allowing that child time to process and stopping and saying, Hey, let's, let's do something. Maybe it, you know, it's that 13 year old daughter you've got that just, completely had it with you dad because you weren't there for this you weren't there for that mom's mad about this and you're like hey let's go do something to open the line of communication and it may not be you know a let's sit down let's have this deep heart to heart because that child may want nothing to do with that conversation but it's beginning that relationship by saying hey i'll go drop you off somewhere or i'll go you know with you and your friends to go to the mall or whatever whatever they're wanting to do because you're allowing that opportunity to open that bottle of pressure and let some of that conflict out to be able to have that line because it's going to happen. And it's going to happen at some random time when you're dropping someone off or you're picking them up from school and they're going to stop and say, hey, why weren't you there? Or why weren't you doing this? Why weren't you at that, you know, holiday event? Or, or maybe they just say like, do you really love us? You know, because children are thinking as well. They're they're people, they're just smaller. And, and it's going to happen. And you want to be able to have the ability, one, to be there and be present when that child does open that line of communication. But two, you don't want to engage that just looking at the issue. You want to engage it beyond just the issue, but the bigger picture in this relationship with this with this child and saying, what do they need when they're an adult? What do they need when they're married? What do they need when they're at that place of saying, hey, how am I going to treat my children? How am I going to treat my spouse? Because that, that I think, is the thing that's missed in a lot of what's going on with divorce and a lot of what's happening in, in this brokenness is your picture may be two or three months down the line. It may be a year down the line, but think 10 years beyond. Because let's say you don't open that line with your, you know, with your child, but then they're 22 and they're 23 and they begin to have children of their own or they stop and they think they're going to think about it mm-hmm. and they're going to they're gonna react the same way that they were reacted to because children learn even through observation. 
That's a great point. This has been absolutely incredible. And I, I've learned so much. I've taken notes <laughs> over here that we're, we're definitely going to be using. I want to end the program by just letting people know a little bit more about what about me. And that is at the beginning of the program, I mentioned how Justin has really spearheaded that. He took the idea that we had at Marriage Helper and he has run with it. He's making it into something absolutely amazing. What About Me is a website for children and for parents. Right now, it's a website. We have much larger plans for it in the future. If you go to it now, it's still in its developing stages. It's it's there. We have some content, but we're really at the bare bones. We're building that foundation. We have a much larger vision for it. Justin, could you briefly tell about what 2017 holds for What About Me? Absolutely. So I know what about me is growing and what, what you don't see is what's happening essentially under the hood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're beginning to see what looks like a car and you're like, okay, that's cool. But what's happening under the hood is we're building the deep, deep curriculum and the deep connections to what happens in not just the research, but what's the personal, what, what are you really dealing with here? Because that's where it can begin to make an impact. And so 2017 is something we're very excited about because we actually begin to release the curriculum. We, we begin to release what's happening with a child through this process of divorce. What's happening with them going through these seven stages of understanding, processing, dealing with love. Do they risk it in a child's perspective? So for the parent, they're sitting here and they're thinking, okay, so what do I do? Yeah, I've read a few articles. But what we're doing is we're releasing a step-by-step to where you can go through the process of what a child understands, how they're dealing with this divorce, what are the stages that they go through, and you can help them build that resilience and that strength to think, okay, I can overcome this. I can look at things from an introspective way, not only as the adult, but also the child who's stopping and they're at this place of, let's say they're 13 or 14, and they're able to process things differently, but they're, they're able to process things And the whole goal and the whole purpose of this is to give the child and to give the parent those tools to help them overcome the hurt that's happening. Mm -hmm. And it may just be the perception, but to give that child that ability to be whole and to be introspective and to think through what's happening for not only when they're 13 or 14 or 15 and they're dealing with relationships, even as small as they are at 13 or 14 or 15, but they're dealing with the bigger things of what are happening for the groundwork of their life. What are they going to do with their life? What's their self-esteem? Are they worthwhile? Are they worth being loved? Should they ever risk having a loving relationship? Because all of these things, as minute as they may seem because the child is seven, eight, nine, or 10, are large. Because what we're, what we're not doing is we're not giving credibility and we're not giving as much, as much focus as we should on what happens in these marital relationships because they impact your children for forever. How you're, how, you would be happily married, but everything that you're doing impacts the child. And so what we're doing with this curriculum is we're stepping into that perspective and we're allowing you to grow deeper in your introspective of what's happening, not only as you as a, as, a, as a parent, but you as an individual to grow that perspective broader, to be able to think through the eyes of a child and how does a child approach this, as well as giving you material that can help explain what's happening to a child. So that's, that was a little bit of a long-winded explanation, but that's, that's what we're doing now and that's yeah. what we're excited about in 2017. Yeah, we're making it so that the parents or whoever the caretaker is for the child can easily access this material at any time. Same with the children, accessible at any time and putting that that uh, that understanding and that compassion back into the parents' hands to be able to communicate with their child instead of just depending on them going to a guidance counselor or 
or a regular counselor, however that may work. So we're excited about that. And we want to make it completely free for parents and for children to access and but it's not free for us to produce. So we're doing, I think it's six or eight different age groups of children. And we're developing the content and and for each of them. And we're working with researchers. We're working with some of the, the best people who create curriculum for children that exist in America. And so if you would like to donate to that, it, it costs somewhere around $20,000 per age group that we're, that we're working on for this. And we would love your donations. No donation is too small, and there's definitely no donation too big. And so if you want to do that, you can go to whataboutme.org. You can go to the Donate button and donate right there. You can do a recurring monthly donation. Uh, we would love it. We we just are excited to get this off the ground, excited to get it into the hands of millions of parents and children because it is so desperately needed. Absolutely. And more more than anything, Give what you can, mm-hmm. whether it's time, whether you're just sharing the material, whether you can donate, because divorce has an impact, has a huge impact on finances, but it impacts lives. Mm-hmm. So when you're supporting and when you're giving, you're impacting more than just just a curriculum. You're impacting lives and generationally. So good. Justin, is there anything you want to wrap up the episode with? Yeah, I, w- I would wrap it all up into three things. One, here's the, the first one, is... Open lines of communication. Two, be introspective. What? How do I react? And three, take the bigger picture. Holidays are bigger than just the 24th and the 25th. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us. This was absolutely incredible. Thank you for having me. I absolutely appreciate it. And for our listeners, I'd love. We would love to hear your feedback on on this episode. What your questions are. We want to be able to help you, give you more content like this based on what you're going through. So glad that you got to be introduced to Justin. He will definitely be making more appearances since I know how awesome he does on podcasts now. <laughs> He's so excited about it too. <laughs> So excited. So excited. Y'all have a great holiday season, and we look forward to seeing you next time.